Ah, yes, we're recording now. So welcome to the Raising Men Show. I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. One of your hosts, I should say. We've got several hosts now as we're running back through and got all my sons involved. Well, not all of them, but my oldest. We're going to get him, though. No problem. In studio, in studio today, we've got a couple of young men. Um, so as we go along, introduce yourself for the first time as we come to you. And we're going to continue the series that we're in. We're talking about the future. And for some of us, we don't really think about what our future looks like. For some of us, it's been high school all the way through. It's been elementary school all the way through. And all of a sudden, it's something different. And it may not even feel different for a couple of you all right now, maybe all of you, because it, it's high school just got out a few months ago, a few weeks ago, really, right? When you get it right down to it, this is what, July 10th, 11th? Today's the 12th, I think. Okay, so really you haven't even been out a month. Mm. You you got out the 11th, right? Yeah, I June 3rd. June 3rd, so it's a little over a month for you. The rest of you all (laughs) coming up on a month. Yeah. So it may still feel like it's... They got out the 2nd. They got out, like, right before me. No, these two did. These two did. Okay, so so it's a little over a month for you two. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He got out the 14th. The 14th. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you're the other late one that came Mm -hmm. out. So it kind of feels like summer still. Mm -hmm. I mean, does it feel like you get out of high school, or does it feel like it's something different? It hasn't hit me yet. Okay. Uh, my name's Noah. Hey, Noah. Um, yeah, it just felt like a normal going into summer transition, even with the whole graduation celebration. And I saw everybody around me like crying. It still didn't hit me and it hasn't hit me yet. So Maybe we should start there because you brought up an interesting point. You sat around in, in graduation cap and gown. You sat out there in the hot field for people giving speeches that you really didn't care about. And people crying and taking pictures, parents acting kind of cuckoo, and maybe some moms are crying. What did that? What did you think about even that moment? That's twelve years of your school. I mean, what did you guys think about that? Thirteen, if you count kindergarten. Thirteen, if you count kindergarten, and fourteen, if you count the Head Start program, because you guys were in a couple of you guys were in was a priest program. <laughs> oh, well, Jackson did. I'm not sure. Jackson and Evan both did. I'm not sure if you guys Oh, did. it was like that thing in like the CDC. Yeah, the CDC. Yeah, that was, that, I didn't do that. That was just Evan and Jackson. Darn it. I need to get another program for him. Give him extra years. It was in. like almost like preschool, like essentially. That's, that's what they pretty much was. Almost? Yeah. It wasn't. It, wasn't it, exactly it felt like it was. Because they didn't do any actual like. It was like just this daycare kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you guys think about your graduation? That's just to get to that point. People crying, and you mentioned, you mentioned that. What, is, what did you think about that? The only thing going through my mind sitting on that field was, wow, it's really hot. <laughs> uh, you know, there's music playing, and everybody's like congratulating us and clapping and stuff, and I was just, I don't know. It didn't really feel real. It was just, I was going through the motion sure. of everything. From a parent's side, a lot of our a lot of your parents may have been thinking, man, this is my, you know, baby, if you're the youngest one in the family, right? You know, thinking that, man, this is really over for this kid in terms of high school and they're not going to necessarily always be around as much anymore. And there's a lot of parental kind of concern, you know, and for some of our parents, they act a little weird in terms of being, you know, that extra protective right at that moment. But for some of us, it's a thing. For the parents, it's a thing. You know, for me, Ryan, you're number three for me. So it's it's old hat. It's like, oh, okay, cool. For me, it was not not as big of a traumatic deal as when his bro- oldest brother did it the first time. Or maybe when Caden did it. Because that was the first one to graduate since their mom passed. 
So that was, well, she, well, that's not true because Kaden, sorry, Shane graduated from college after his mom's been gone. So it was a little weirder for me then. But this second or third go around now, it was kind of easier. What do the rest of you guys think about your high school sitting out in the heat? What did you guys think about that and taking pictures and tossing your cap around? It was just, again, it was also just really hot. But I think it, it somewhat kicked in on that day because it was more when we started walking out onto the field and they started playing that, like, like I told, I've said this before, but like when they were just playing the generic, like, graduation music. And I was like, huh, we're here. We actually finished all of high school and everything and going to become adults. And I was like, wow, this is kind of, it's kind of weird. And then another thing that popped in my head was, I hope I don't trip when I go up to get the, the, the diploma. Because I'm like, that's a big old jumbo screen that everyone's going to see me just fall on. Well, you know, I'm going to laugh, too, if you did that. No, I, I would not be able to go home. <laughs> it would have been on Instagram anyway, so you, you could come. You could have come home. You'd be safe. Oh. <laughs> it's terrible, though. Get eaten alive. Yeah. Yeah. What about, what about just the thought of, because you guys had a party afterwards as a group. How does that kind of hit you guys too, knowing that some of you guys are going, you may not see each other as often if, if again, I mean, I mean, let's get serious. Mm-hmm. When you guys have that squad get together, because some of you guys are doing what afterwards? Military? Anybody? Okay, you're military. Mm-hmm. And you leave soon, right? Pretty soon. Sooner. Okay. So what do you think? Of, so, I mean, that's a for yeah. real big boy thing. I mean, you'll mm-hmm. be 18 when um, you already 18 oh duh i'm sorry i'm sorry we had we talked about that off here i apologize so you've already sworn in um i did but i canceled that contract so right now i'm not like in again so i have to do it all over again okay but you have a a date for like to show up and do that not yet but i will soon okay i'm most likely like in september got it now what made you decide to to take a step back and cancel that and push back the recruiters were giving me like a really hard time and because when you're in high school and you're not 18 yet you have to go with the designated like school recruiters and those guys weren't very good so i tried to go somewhere else and the other guy did the work but then the other recruiters pulled me back even though they finished all the contracts and all that stuff got it and then i was trying to get like my other promotions before i went and they just weren't very cooperative with me so i i just canceled with them and waited until i graduated and turned 18 to go with these guys okay so did you get everything that you wanted i did but not the ranks not yet okay so how do you get that i mean what does that kind of a process look like so you you go to the recruiting office you talk to the recruiter tell them what you want Mm -hmm. um and then depending on whether you're in high school or not uh, they find the job for you and they could either put you in the delayed entry program and then you wait until you ship out or depending on how fast you could find the job and like you're out of high school once they find it you have about i think two weeks or something like that until you sign and you're off wow so okay. you're in that delayed not spot? anymore not anymore okay Oh, so, so, once okay, they, so you have to restart the whole yeah. process so once they find it now i think i'll be about like two weeks and i'm gone Probably. Wow. So yeah. how, what do you, how does that make you feel? Because, I mean, you're 18, you're an adult. They're going to put a gun in your hand. You can mm-hmm. jump out of planes and whatever the process is. Yeah. And then. um, I don't know. It's 
like graduating high school like Noah said here it's it's weird because it almost didn't feel real like I'm not done but at the same time I know I'm done but it just I don't know it's I feel like in the military like when I'm about to go in I feel like that's the big step where I feel like I'm gonna be an adult because right now as much as like I'm done and I'm out in the world you're like what you said before it's like I'm on summer break right now I'm just waiting I think it's definitely because of how like COVID affected us too, for sure. Because mm-hmm. it was like lost two years, yeah. definitely affected how we see everything. Sure. Because I think that definitely contributes to like graduation and us not being like, wow, we're really done, that kind of thing. Because it's we have like two years of just doing nothing, and then most of us are we still have like somewhat plans to go continue with education or something sure. like that afterwards. So sure. it kind of just like. Oh, I just got another semester of school coming up soon anyways. So it's like, it's not all that big a deal. Now, what do you guys think about for, and in, in, you didn't give your name, so. Oh, so I'm Mark. Mark. So Mark, Mark, <laughs> tell first, what is it? I know as you're in the summer feeling, right? But yet as you're waiting, you know, soon to be waiting for that call when you step through the process again of not necessarily seeing some of these guys, because you're going to go to boot camp, and that's several weeks, and then you'll get a deployment or station duty, right? And you won't be able to just say, hey, let's get together this weekend and go down and hang out and let's go to the beach. You know, where do you, where does that, how does that hit you? Um, I mean, I've been with these guys for so long, and I trust them. Like, we've pretty much gone through, like, hell and back on certain occasions. So I know even if I'm gone... And I have been before. They'll always, I think, take me back. And I'll always be there for them. And they'll always be there for me. Yeah. Whether I'm far away or not. Sure. Whether it's just a call or like we actually see in person. I think I think we'll try to be good. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, not, not I mean, how does it hit you? I mean, this one hits different. I mean, is it's... This gentleman is getting ready to go to the military. And he's not like you can just go, Oh, I don't feel like going to class today. I'm done. And walk off a of campus, you know that's AWOL. You know they they send military police would send. I'm not saying you're going to AWOL. I'm just no. saying you know I'm just saying you know you know he got his Wu Tang cap on. I'm done. You know bump this guy's going to cut my hair. Yeah, watch list. <laughs> oh yeah, you know I'm saying. I mean, this is a different thing. This is your dude. He's not going to be necessarily right around the corner anymore, or right down the block, down the freeway. How's that hit for you guys? I think it's well. My name is Evan. I think that for someone like Mark. He's going into the military, you know, with a goal in mind. Like, he already knows what he wants to do. And as his friend, I feel like I can, like, fully support him in his decision. And, you know, I'm not going to have any worries about him because he already knows what he wants to do. He has his head on straight. And like he said, we'll always take him back. Like, nothing's going to change pretty much. I mean, I think it's important for him to do exactly what he wants to do. It's character development. So I feel like it's, it's bittersweet. Because all I want to do is see him succeed. Yeah. So he's he's on his way. That's all I can hope for. That's awesome. And That's awesome. Because I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. I think I told Mark this, but I think he'll be the only reason I might actually start writing letters to somebody. Mm, that's good. Because like I doubt I'll be able to interact with him as much like over like social media or mm-hmm. anything like that. So mm-hmm. I think I'll just actually just start writing stuff. Yeah. Now the email still may be a thing. I don't know how the military handles the electronic. But at the same time, there may be some issues when deployments where you can't get a get a hold of on the electronics because you just won't be allowed. And then the mail chasing you down would probably be 
something cool to have in your hands, right? So it gives you guys a reason to stay together too because I think a lot of times as I don't have a lot of my high school friends that I keep in touch with, but there's a couple. But you guys had a unique squad. It's like almost like almost a what's the number? How many of it is it of you guys? That number has been changing a lot. Um, the main ones probably like <laughs> 10. Maybe like around that much. Like that's that's like the main one. Like us four, uh, like Hamilton, Jeremiah. But the but the original original group because you guys have come down here since we moved. You guys all had that group. Oh, he's talking about he's like us four, Evan, Allison, Connor, and Jake. Because so that was the last time, like all of you guys came and stayed mm-hmm. down up here. Now, were they the were they the original core group, or is there kind of like I mean, you mentioned it's kind of changed, but the original group has been kind of which ones? And then so you they, they, they can answer that. that core, they can answer that. If, the if core is usually from middle school. It would be me, Evan, and Noah, mm-hmm. and then it grew to Evo or Evan, the other Evan. Mm-hmm. Connor and Ryan and like Jake and all the other kids like Jeremiah and them. Got it. Okay. And then like after like I moved away and stuff, you know, they of course they had they met their friends in high school and stuff. Okay. I met some of them, which was really cool. Because we got to meet Hamilton, which is one of our really good friends. I love Hamilton so much. He's so funny. (laughs) I think it's cool because you guys have made it intentional, because even with having the party you know, Evan, your mom has been kind of like one of the den mothers, you know, and a couple of other parents who always wanted to keep doing as a, whatever the parents could do to keep everybody connected because it's unusual to have a deep connection at the high school level because people kind of begin to change and middle school change from middle school to high school and folks don't stay connected. People kind of do whatever. Do you, how did you guys, how did you all manage to keep that connection throughout these, what is it, six or eight years? That's crazy because I think at least freshman year, everyone was going through really like, I'd say rough changes. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody had like different personalities going on and it just wasn't meshing. And then I don't know what happened, but into sophomore year or like maybe even second semester of sophomore year, that's when like we all, I, well, at least me, everyone reconnected yeah. and I don't. It was, it was crazy because everyone always says like, after like middle school and like into high school and even after, people change and like you don't always keep your friends and all that stuff, which is definitely true. But I'm just surprised we were all like we managed to stay together and as much as we have. Mm-hmm. Well, freshman year really, it was difficult. Really difficult because there was the transition from eighth grade into freshman. And some people, I'm not going to name names, just cut ties Mm -hmm. out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. which hurt, definitely hurt me. And then seeing my close friend group slowly disperse and like meet other people who share the same interests and passions as them or their newly found passions was really difficult for me to see. And it what yeah what I mean what Mark said it wasn't until end of freshman year sophomore year where everybody kind of came back together again. Gotcha. I think freshman year was that time that everybody had to go like 
experience high school on their own go like do all the all the joys that everyone says high school brings you know going to all the sporting events doing all the special activities and classes and all that kinds of stuff mm-hmm. and that's how everybody first like clicks with their new like with that with these new people that they meet which is why like they were saying it, we weren't as connected because everybody was trying to just figure stuff out yeah yeah, and that's a tough age though too. And then some people, a couple of them moved away, and it was just—it's an interesting bind where changing. There's a big jump between eighth grade to sophomore, eighth grade to ninth grade. It's a—it's a mindset change too, and it's high school now. It's supposed to be the big world, right? And then as you move now from having reconnected, it sounds like this these friendships you take personally. So it seems like you guys have become intentional about staying connected. How do you go about doing that most? How do you find that you make sure that you connect with the whole squad? Is it always group text? Is it a lot of intentional one-on-one if you haven't talked to a specific person or haven't, they haven't replied? How are you intentional about keeping your connections with each other? I think, for one, video games was definitely like a big thing to keep us all together, especially during like... Sure the peak of like COVID and everything when we weren't allowed to like go outside and go visit each other as much. So like, and also especially like even still now video games help a lot with like some of us having like distance issues to go hang out all the time. Sure. So like video games a lot has, at least for me at least helped me keep connected with these guys and stuff and like still talk and play games and stuff. And recently, not so much video games. I mean, I still enjoy video games, but I like, all of us, like whether it's online or in person, just sitting down and like watching a show or a movie mm-hmm. and we just make fun of it the entire time. <laughs> or if it's like a good movie, we like actually sit, sit down and enjoy it. Yeah. That's what I've been doing with like some people the past couple weeks. As a parent, so you know what goes on in our house. Because I'm, I try to be as transparent with my sons as possible. You, and if I'm, you know, you could feel free to share, jump in. Yeah, he is or like whatever, call it out. When COVID hit and we got locked in, for us it was a double because we moved and we got to stay inside. So they didn't have an opportunity to really make any connections with anybody outside of our house. So you all were the lifeline. And they know I'm not the big stay on the internet all day guy. But during when COVID hit, I told them, look, if our move and COVID is something that helps you stay connected to your friends, then stay on. You know, have at it. You know what I'm saying? Talk to them. Use that as if that helps you stay sane during this weird time. I needed to be as close to normal as possible. And that was the best thing. We The closest we could get was the video game, the chat. So you notice I wasn't as much of a dork, you know, when it came to that time period, because I needed you all to stay connected because we couldn't go outside. You know, I was going to the supermarket with the no food, you know, dealing with what in the hell was outside. I was that weirded out parents and if you guys could stay as connected to something that was normal, I was there for it, you know? So from my perspective, I need you all to continue to do that kind of relentless passion for each other in moving to the next level. Because I think one thing, just having talked it through now, I think COVID, though people think it was a weird time and it was ridiculous, and it was, yeah. I think one of the best things that came out of it is that people have taken, have stopped taking certain things for granted. And I think when you mentioned the sitting down in person, 
with people and watching videos. And in some cases, you won't necessarily be able to do the in-person part. Maybe you can do those there's ways to do them videos to kind of together create a watch party. Yeah, yeah. So they like Netflix watch party and stuff. <laughs> Amazon like, and Netflix and all the whatever. I'm sure they all do them or will do them soon. I encourage you. I applaud you for doing that because as adults, I wish the adults would do that because, and, and I'm not saying, hey, you know, help you give your parents some, some help, but maybe you should because if it's helping you all stay connected and rooted and grounded, and have some form of, I don't know what you call it, normalcy. We as parents didn't have that. I don't think, I know I don't have that. I don't have a group of people that I do that kind of connection with. I'm kind of by myself. But my, our situation is a little different, but still, people need to be connected. Because when you mentioned too about having everybody kind of gone through the weird times, going to hell and back, imagine doing that by yourself and being in boot camp or being isolated, moving out of state, moving, moving, doing other things parents moving whatever that looks like imagine everything that hell you went through and having had to go through that by yourself I don't I don't know where you would have been Not definitely, saying. Wouldn't, definitely wouldn't be the people we are today mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. how do you help somebody else that's in a situation like that where they know time is changing what do you tell them how do you how do you help them get through COVID and I'll get through High, you know, high school graduation change into adulthood. What do you tell them? Uh, <laughs> um, I know. Well, for me personally, it helped at like the beginning of COVID. I was taking it pretty hard, and I already wasn't in a fantastic headspace beforehand. So going into it was really rough, and then originally everybody was like oh this whole COVID thing's gonna blow right over so we got an extra week of spring break and I was like okay cool I'm gonna see my friends in like three weeks and now three weeks turned into like a year and a half almost three years yeah so I know I had to kind of sit myself down and really process the thoughts that were going on in my head and not not talk to myself, but like really think about everything. And the loss of my dog also really helped clear my mind up. And it helped me express emotions that I was burying down anyway. Like, yeah. That's good. That's good. Help, help. I think that's amazing because a lot of folks, because Jackson, our youngest, Ryan's youngest brother, he sat here on the couch during the COVID time, going to class in front of the big TV. And he didn't do any work for damn near, what, the first year and a half of COVID? And he got behind, like had to go to summer school behind. And okay, middle school, yeah, 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 they'll let you go on and pass and can progress. But he was angry. He was that kid that was like, I don't want to stand this. I don't want to do what he was. I don't want to do anything. He was that resentful kid. And we had conversations but he wasn't able to articulate it like you and because none and not many parents are equipped to deal with this so it's not like i don't know how many of you all expected your parents to be able to figure it out and it can help you guys work it through but for me i didn't even know how to handle from going to the store i was having 
where you get anxiety attacks and shortness of breath and breathing, trying to just go to the market. Now, I hadn't shared that with you all a lot. But because I didn't want them to know that I was struggling. Because a lot of times, you know, parents, we put that facade up. Some of our parents put up the front, like, everything's okay. Because we don't want you all to, to worry. And I didn't want them to worry. To know that it was really as bad as it was out there in certain moments of it. Because I was that guy that went to the supermarket the week before things shut out. But I went every single day. And on that day when there was, like, not riots in stores... But you wouldn't think in an area like we live in, you wouldn't imagine having barren shelves and stuff laying on the floor looking like a post-apocalyptic movie. Y'all have seen those movies. Our stores look like that. And I don't know if you guys went out with your parents during those opening days, but ours looked like that. And I just remember standing in, in the aisles, just standing there, looking around, going, this looked like something out of a movie I saw where there was people running through their snores, snatching, I mean, snatching things from people's carts, snatching things from people's hands. And I was like, this is not like for real. I am really, I mean, I'm looking for somebody who's got a camera and okay, yep, yeah, you know, cut and we're going to reset this, go back you to one. You just walked the prank. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so the, the the shocking thing for me, which really sent me over the edge, was there was this old couple. I don't know, I said old. I mean, not like Ryan then think that I'm old at fifty three, but no, there was a there was an elderly couple that was standing in together, and they were just looking at whatever's on the shelf. They were trying to trying to find some rice. There was no rice. There was no pasta. There was no canned goods of any real amount. They found some artificial whatever, and they were trying to read the ingredients on the back and compare what. The amount of salts and sugars and carbohydrates and stuff versus what they can eat in their diet and does it interact with their medicines negatively. And they were like, what are we going to do? We can't eat any of this stuff. And the lady was like, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. And I mean, there was moments, yeah, I wanted to cry in the store, but I was just so overcome by the thought of, oh my God, I can't, I didn't want to go home and tell my kids that this is what I'm looking at, you know? And so... It became one of those things where COVID, for a parent, I didn't know what to do with that. And then for you all to have been able to have each other and process through however you all saw what COVID looked like to you, imagine what other, and I don't, I don't want to say, I'm going to give you the parents side, I'm going to say, because I'm hoping that will help you with wondering, why are my parents doing what they're doing, right? Because some of your parents are going to have some issues with the, with the separation. I don't know if anybody, if your brothers have gone to the military before. Are you the first one? I'm the, yeah, first one. You the old, are you the oldest? I'm the youngest. Are you the youngest? Are you the first military? Mm-hmm. Are you the first child that got, gone away and left the house? Um, not technically, no. I'm not. Okay, so there'll be, there'll be some separation anxiety. Definitely. There, it may not be over the top, mm-hmm. but it's going to be some. For you, your brothers left the house before, mm-hmm. so there won't be super crazy when you leave the house but it'll be something yeah what about you uh, i'm the firstborn you're the firstborn mm-hmm. and are you staying near the house are you leaving the house what is the plan um i'm going to a community college okay. about four miles away from my house okay so i think i'm good for now but once <laughs> i i'm going to transfer to like a uc okay. or a cal state okay and my mom already has a lot of anxiety mm. of me just not being there sure Sure. So the separation anxiety is going to be rough, for yeah. sure. 
Yeah. So I would encourage you all to help. And Ryan, you've seen what I've done with you. Yeah, you're not going to care. You're going to kick me out. You're going to be like, ah, he's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want you to say. That's what I want you to say. But you you have to know it's different dynamic inside of this house. Because Caden, okay, the the second born, who's staying around here, junior college route, he doesn't really know what he wants to do. He doesn't. He's not like you. He doesn't have a plan. For Caden just to get up and go to work is a big thing, right? So, and for me as a parent, I knew that was coming. So I'm okay. I got to be able to take each child differently. So for some of our parents, you got to give them a, a little bit of a break, kind of help them out a little bit, because we're still going cuckoo through COVID, right? And we're going cuckoo through the fact of where you guys are leaving the house potentially. So. You had to know when Shane left, I was, you guys were really young when your oldest son left the house because he's almost eight or nine years older than. Yeah, he's nine years older than me. Right. So when he left the house in 2013, I had just buried their mom. So I buried their mom in February. I took him away to college in August of the same year. So I felt like I buried two people, like months apart. I remember you telling this to to me and the boys. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was traumatic for me, but I didn't want them to know that I was struggling because we were already struggling with the loss of their mom. And then I lose their brother, who was who was like my anchor. He used to he had a license, he could drive, and he was helpful. You know, you know, he was there for them all the time. So that was, and then then what took my head out was that I had to drop him off at of college and took all you all with me. And they all of us flew. So imagine going through the airport. With four kids under seven, under eight? Under 10. Under 10. Because Caden was nine. I was eight. Yeah. So it was tough for us because Shane helped out trying to get through the airport. But when I dropped him off, what am I going to do now? I got a nine-year-old as the oldest person. What the hell? You know? (laughs) So I didn't want you to think at this point that I was still struggling with you going away to school. But now we've got pretty much drawn lots for your bedroom, so... Evan gets to keep the existing room. So in our house, the rule is whoever is the oldest gets to pick the room. So Jackson, the youngest, he has to go take your room now because Evan wanted to stay in the spot where he's at. So I wanted you to feel like everything was everything. But it's different because Caden said, Ryan's actually leaving. Because mm-hmm. he didn't think you were going to leave. So that's that's an interesting like, like, does he? Did he think I was gonna go uh, JUCO route also, or no? No, but or did he just think I was just gonna like? He didn't. Here's it. It's not a thought. It's it's an assumed. You're always here. All right. And then the reality for us is, what the hell? It's been those six years have actually gone by. Eight years have actually gone by, and you're actually gonna graduate. You're actually what? You know, it's it's that kind of mm-hmm. epiphany. It's not a matter of he didn't think you could do it, because you were you always look at good grades. You always had it handled, but no one ever imagined that this day would come. I still didn't even really think like it didn't. Like I I'd said this before, but it didn't really like kick in until like we went to actually like. I mean, like, it started. It started to kick in when we went to go visit the college mm-hmm. the first time. That's when it started to like start processing in sure. my head. But then, also like after I got back from camp last week, yeah. and then just like this past week has been like 
after finding out I got my housing yeah. and a lot of my other stuff, it's been really like, I'm like, wow, I'm really getting down to the wire. I'm going to be quitting my job soon so that I can leave to go to college. I'm moving in a little bit earlier than most people. Like that kind of thing, like clicked in my head. I was like, wow, this is, I'm actually going to be like away from the house. Yeah. Trying to figure stuff out. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you guys, because you may stay at home. You may stay at home, but it's not forever at home. It just may be summer extended, right? Okay. Yeah. You'll start up September ish, start some classes close to home, going to junior college, your friend group will be a little different. You'll be probably by that time finishing boot camp. What do you, what branch military? Army. Army. So I don't remember what, maybe it's called boot camp, of course. I don't know what they will call it afterwards. A school with Navy, right? But Oh, the AIT. AIT. Mm-hmm. So the, you'll, you have that kind of experience. You may still be knee deep into it mm-hmm. by the time they're entering classes, right? And you all have your own full set of what the hell is this? Cause it's different. Right. But the two of you all have a different, all four of you have different experiences than each other. Even if you two sit in the same class, I'm just saying you go to James JC. I'm just saying, but if you, even if you did, it's going to be different for the both of you. Right. But then the rest of you are in different places, different times, and you can't come home and visit. No. You know what I'm saying? And so, I just needed to make sure that you guys know that this is a different thing. Budgeting of money, paying car insurances, paying bills. You know, you may not have those kind of things living at your home, but they're coming for you. Another one of the like main things I think of is like about us becoming adults is that like the severity of like our consequences to yeah. things that we do has been yeah. like it's jumped up a couple notches cuz yeah. like like how you mentioned earlier like, Mark, of course, without it right now, Mark being the only one of us that's 18, sure. he can he can go to big boy jail. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, I, I always think sometimes that, like, you know, under certain circumstances, some people who are, like, 17 can be tried as, sure. like, an adult. Sure, but those are, but those like, are like, vicious attacks and yeah. crazy stuff. But, like, when you're actually 18, it's like, oh, no, no slight chance of this happening. Like, no, it's like, you will probably go to actual jail. Sure. You got to supply your own lawyer. Get all the well, not supply your own, but like like all these different things. No, that but play for real, it, it's something you have to you have to make sure you get for yourself. Your parents mm-hmm. can't go show up and get. It. They can suggest something right for mm-hmm. you and help you, but it's you, you know. Yeah. And I you know I don't know if you guys probably I don't know if you guys have a hard nose in your group that's a little bit more vocal and excitable when when things get a little hairy or maybe we want to fight as as you go other places out and about and people get a little loud and disrespectful to you all, but I promise you. From a military perspective, you sign that line and you come home on leave or you go, you leave base on liberty, I think, whatever they call it, to have a few moments of fun to kind of join with the group that you're now beginning to develop a relationship with based on the military. Have a bar fight. Have a bar fight with a civilian. Yeah. Wear your uniform or fatigues outside of the base and someone who doesn't share the same value for freedoms that this country provides, whether you're in this country or not, and then protect yourself, and then still see what happens to you if you get arrested. It's a whole new thing. I'm not saying that, I don't say this stuff to scare you, but I, but I need you all to think about it. 
talk trash to somebody out here right now being under 18 in a cop pull-up. It's different than being an 18-year-old talk trash to a cop in a cop pull-up. It's different. It just I just need you all to know it's going to hit different. I'm not saying that you be that you be passive, but I'm just saying my my mom used to tell me, if you're also wearing a fight breakout, understand who you're with. Read the room. Who am I with? Who's really down for it? Or do I need to do I need to retreat? Do I need to stand down for a minute? Do I need to kind of like do I need to suck it up and take that? Can I do, avoid the conflict? Can I just step away? Military, they're going to teach you a whole different things than just watching your surroundings. You're going to be able to be able to be in 14 conversations at one time. You know what I'm saying? Then being back with your boys is going to be a different kind of mindset, especially if you go into deployment and come back. It's a different mindset. I'm not saying. And thankfully, we don't have a real big wartime effort at the moment. But I'm just saying, it's a different life out there, gents, than we have right now. Going to the beach, saying hi to people, is going to be different. And I'm just saying, I want you all to enjoy the fact of where you are. Enjoy every moment, because it may be the last time. Because there's no guarantee after you sign and you deploy that you'll ever see each other in face-to-face again. And not because anything may happen medically, which we don't want it to happen. But I just want you all to just be able to cherish the moment and be like you guys talked about. Be intentional. Because you don't know when the next time. Because it's you've already defined the odds right now graduating from high school. Period. And so being close-knit friends. You defy the odds. But now, if people are actually starting to become adults and moving around the country, around the world, you got to really be intentional now. If these relationships matter to you, you're going to have to be as intentional now, if not more so than ever. Because one of you have relationships, get married, move away, and then what? Have kids, then what? Everybody's local life begins to take a different priority. Doesn't mean they have any less love. It's just, I got a priority. You know what I'm saying? Those are the kind of things that I need you all to think about as you're moving forward. Because it's, we'll flip the question for you. I think we asked the question earlier. We didn't quite get an answer. What would you want to say to yourself when you go back and listen to this show maybe a year or two or three from now? What would you have wanted yourself to know when you go back and listen, what could you tell you? What did you want your future self to know? That's a tough one. What we would want our future self to know? Right, because a lot of people say, man, I wish I could tell my younger self something. But you can't. The best thing right now is in the future, because when you listen to this show, and I hope you all do at some point, I do this really so the guys can, my sons can be able to go back and look at this is who they were, this is how they sounded, this is what we were all about at varying stages in their life. So they can go, man, I never thought about it like that before. Because we used to do interviews. I used to interview you guys back when you were young, young, young. Because I wanted you all, for one, to hear my face, hear my voice, hear my, hear my face, oh my God, hear my voice and see my face because I'm not going to be here forever, right? So I want you all to be able to have something for yourselves to go back and say, you know what? Ryan's dad was an idiot. He asked all these weird questions. I didn't want to do this show. I only did it because Ryan was here. And this show, you asked me some questions. And you look, you know, go back and listen to it two, three, ten years from now and go, man, 
I never thought this would have happened to me. I didn't realize I would be here or there or, man, so-and-so's not even here with us no more. We don't know. Because we had, with 4th of July, we had all those people doing mass killings all over the country. That could be any one of us for any reason. So it's those kind of things. So, And maybe, maybe if, it's, if it's not something for your future self, maybe it's something that you would want each one of you all to know and say, hey, I needed you to know this about this before I'm not here anymore. You know, because it's important that we, we give our flowers to our people as we're said they yet live, as they're here. Meaning, you always want people to know where you stand and how you are while they can hear it. Because you wouldn't want, I guess I would want, I have had relationships with people where, man, I wish I had said this. I wish I had told them that. Because after they, when you can't say nothing to them anymore, there's nothing you can say. You, you can't tell them, man, you know, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I'm glad. Cause, cause, and, and, and what I would say to you all is this. You can go back and listen to what a parent has to say. From a parent of your guys' particular friendship group, I appreciate you. Because I didn't have to. I never had to worry about you having friends. I never had to worry about when. See, you don't, you don't understand about our family where you all came through and intersected our family. So let me, let's give you that. So maybe this is more for you all to hear how you helped us. Okay. I'm the dad who you all met him in your middle school years, right? We had just lost our house. Might have raised them in a house that I thought was going to be our forever house in Menifee. Big house, big yard, Living life big, man. I didn't think I'd ever have to leave that. That house was supposed to have been the house where my children's children's children were supposed to come to, to come and see their grandma, their grandma, their great great grandma, right? Their mom died pretty much at that house. Not physically at the house, but while we owned the house. So my whole reason for having the house was gone. And then when just before they met you guys, we had moved from that big house and that big yard to the super tiny little condominium that I had when I was 25. That was my first house. So I moved from, from a five-bedroom house to a three-bedroom condo from almost 4,000 square feet to under, under 900. When it was five of us, five adults, well, it wasn't adults, with five people living in a three-bedroom uh, condo. With our stuff crammed in and their grandfather's stuff crammed in. Where nobody wanted to move there. So I was concerned about we've moved away from our kids' friend group. And we weren't that far. So Menifee to Temecula wasn't that far. But to me it felt like an eternity. So I didn't know what the impact of their lives were. But for you all to have led him into your guys' friendship circle... And I've looked out for him, gone places, had parents to rally behind the whole thought of you guys staying friends and being intentional. That means a whole lot to me and my family because you were the one I didn't have to ever worry about a friend group. Now, the rest of them didn't have that. And you're the only one in this squad who has this group of same core friends. Uh, Evan and Jackson have different pockets of people that don't really interact 
really that well or become interactive only because of my kids being the constant. But no one's got a group like this. Caden's group at the key went to um, Temecula Valley that year. I don't know if you shared this with them. Caden didn't have a friend group. They all separated when we moved. So Caden's friend group is totally opposite from yours. He went from having a nice group to having no one. And I don't know if you shared with them the fact that Caden actually wrote a suicide note to me while we were living in that condominium. So while you all were friends in uplifting him, I had another kid he was worried about killing himself. So when you talk about when your lives may have seemed to be going to hell, right? Going through all kind of you're not it's not you're not alone. But I need you to also appreciate the relationships that you have because not everybody has them. Even from a parental side, I didn't have them. I had some people who were making themselves available. But I don't think every, any, any one time you've ever, never mentioned this group ever judging you for not having a mom. Never made him feel some kind of way. And you don't, outside of the Kesem group, he speaks as highly of you guys as he does about the group from Kesem. And that's huge. So I tell you that I thank you and I appreciate you for that. So when I tell you guys, when you feel needed anything, even if it's just someone to talk to, place to crash, or hey, I just don't understand this right now, someone to talk it through. Yeah, make sure that y'all can get my number. I don't, I don't mind. Just let me know who you are because I don't remember all the names. But yeah, you're, you would be in the family because of what you all have done for us. That makes sense? So, so yeah, I just want, and if you guys, you know, again, I don't want to, you know, belabor the point with you guys here. I just want to make sure you guys knew things like that. And if you had anything that you wanted to say to each other or to your friend group or if you're listening to yourself a year or two from now, you know, share, feel free to share because this is going to help someone who's like you make it through because they're going to be doing documentaries on man the COVID guys that how did they get through and you guys were in that COVID group how did you because your lives are forever changed one thing I'm going to just go off of what he was saying I do really appreciate you guys for being my friends because even though I may not always like be on like discord calls with you guys or being able to hang out just because of like you know distance I do really appreciate whenever I do get on that it's like nothing has really changed or anything. We're just, we can have fun. Like it, like it doesn't matter. Like it was really fun. Always. It's, it's bigger than that. It's like, it's not just about the, the, you know, being online with each other. It's like all of us here, we're all, I feel like, okay, I've been pretty, I'm going to like go into what I was, what I've been wanting to say. It's like, I've been pretty lucky with all of the friends that I've had. Like, I feel like, I have a knack for finding genuine people. I'm never, I'm never in an instance where I'll never put myself in a situation where I'll, I'll prolong something that I don't like. So especially with after like being in, going through high school, it's, I've, I've been able to, I don't know, just without being able to interact with them 24 seven, I still feel like I've grown a lot with everyone that these, these guys right here, Mark, Noah, Ryan, and all the people not present, but the people that I do hold close to me, it's, 
I don't know. It's it's just been it's been a lot easier with them in my life, and I don't I don't think it's gonna change. I mean, the one thing I I think I could say for um it was what I would say to myself in the future. It's um this is regarding anything relationships or just just things in general. It's like don't um when you're faced with opportunities like don't be so stubborn i'd say like be a little bit more open-minded because you never know how it can change your life i think that's that's probably one thing that i feel like i've i've grown to value just a, a notion i valued sure that's and, good yeah that's good mm -hmm. i'd say one thing for that i've learned personally and for i think can go for everybody else here is just continue to struggle. I know it sucks, but struggling has, I know, made me a better person, stronger person, working through adversity. And I've seen like my closest friends like struggle and I've helped them through it. And when I needed them most, when I was struggling, they were there for me too. That's good. And I will say like Evan said, he has a knack for finding like true companions. There was, I, I don't think I have that because <laughs> I mean, took you a few tries. <laughs> yeah, took me a few tries for sure. You know, elementary school, I was surrounded by toxic, a toxic community who just constantly like make fun of me and bat me down and stuff because they thought it was like humorous. And I like I played along because you know, that was the thing, right? It's like, oh, funny, making jokes. Oh, it's sure, it's not that big. Yeah, thing. exactly. So that's that mindset. Mm -hmm. And then I started hanging out. It was like the period in time where everybody was kind of doing their own thing in high school. I started hanging out with this new crowd who I never really felt at home with. They didn't feel like real friends. They all felt like it is just fake. I don't know how else to describe it. It didn't feel like an actual friendship. Like every laugh was, it just didn't feel like a laugh. It was putting up a front. Yeah. So when everybody started rekindling what once was, I was all for it. And everything like fell back into place. What do you want for your futures? Not, not, that's not, don't, I don't want you to think it's what do you want to be when you grow up question. No, no, no. Because I'm 53 and I'm changing um, occupations. I'm finally doing what I'm meant to do. Well, what does that mean? What does it look like? So I went to school. I have an engineering, electrical engineering degree. Yes. Whoa, whoa. Have I worked in the field? Yes, I have worked in the field. Do I, do I like it? No, I don't. But when I was a freshman in college, I was 18, in my apartment, I would do graphic arts and design. I would do, you know, logos for people. We do, do booklets and magazine stuff. We were, you know, a good friend of mine, we did that for almost two years. And I didn't have any formalized training. I couldn't draw with my hands. Everything was me and my little tiny little computer. And I only had a black and white screen, so I used to just do things in shades of gray. But then I let my homework for the engineering school for college get in the way. Because that's why I thought I was supposed to do. I thought, you know, I'm going to college. That's what I'm here for. I'm right. I'm not here to be graphic guy. My problem was that my mom 
was like, oh, my son's an engineer. My son's an engineer. Bragging. And I felt obligated to do this junk for my mom. But you said, you mentioned struggle. I equate, I also heard you say without saying is basically do what you're passionate about. Do what you're supposed to do. For, and do it for you. Because when it gets hard and you had to try to get up and get out of bed and keep doing that, if it's not what you're passionate about, it's going to be hard as hell to do. So here I am, 40, almost 35 years later, trying to do graphic arts and design and do logos and shirts and clothing and apparel like I wanted to do when I was 18 at 53. That's why you see some of these broken pieces of print gear here, which will be replaced in three weeks. So I'll be able to order new gear by, what's today, Monday? I should be able to order new gear by Thursday. It'll be state-of-the-art gear now. But like you said, keep struggling. I'm continuing to struggle through it and be a good steward of what I had, whether it be broken gear or not. I'm going to do it. Because I need to be able to show my sons that you can do it at any age. You, can, you don't have to ever give up. But once you find that thing, if you guys can find your thing at your young age, man, it only has to make sense to you. And you only have to be the one to be able to see your vision. No one else has to see it but you. That's what I would tell you all. In your older selves, keep looking for it. Keep doing it. Don't let anybody distract you. Anybody else? Anything else to share? Otherwise, we'll end now. Uh, I think I just want to answer your question about what oh, we sure. want for our future. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm no, done. you're fine. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, mine isn't exactly like a super, super solidified answer, but it's more just like what I currently want right now. Yeah. It's to, I want to know exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Because, like, you know, it's everyone has an idea of what they want to do. Like, you know, I sometimes. have an idea. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Like, having like a starter plan is nice because it has me like, okay, I know what I'm going to do to get through that, that like that first half of the plan and everything and of course like you know life happens things change sure. i can like i'm going to school to be a psychology major for all i know i might switch my major 15, two three uh, four times yeah. i don't know how many times like it all really depends and that's fine but like i just want to make sure that i'm not constantly like indecisive like I, oh i don't know if i want to do this i don't know if i want to do that i want to have like a somewhat not straightforward but a solidified idea of what I want to do. The path to get to that thing is going to be rough, I know. Or it could be. I don't know. But I want to be able to know what exactly that thing is that I really want to do. And then go do it. Well, I want you to hear from your father. You do what you need to do as long as it takes you to do it. I don't want you to think that I'm at home going my dad what he's going to think if I change my major again for the fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth time. My roommate in college, I only had one roommate in college. He changed his major like three times from engineering to other things. It doesn't matter to me if you change it 152,000. There's not a number it matters to me. What it matters to me is that you do find that thing and that you continually experiment. And in, in like you mentioned, um, Evo, even Evan, about being open. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> about being open, right? Mm-hmm. Because one of the things I had to learn when I, when I lost your mom was you don't know what you can do until you're forced to do it. So I want you all to be able to do an experiment and not worry about what anybody thinks about you changing your major or going to college or not going to college. I, I could care less about that. 
But as long as you know that I'm going to support and love you no matter what you choose. Just choose. You know, even if you don't, in, in, in not choosing is choosing. Make sense? Okay, so you, and I, want, I want that pressure to be off of you, to think that you have to do something that dad thinks is, no, I, I want you to choose the thing, I want you to choose to find the thing that makes you happy. And if it takes a bazillion tries, then it takes a bazillion tries. That makes me happy. You will make me frustrated if you don't choose something at all and you stick with something that sucks and that you're unhappy about and you don't love doing that will make me angry. So I'm letting you know that will make me angry. Do some things to experiment. Do things to experiment. Keep you expanding your mind like you mentioned. It's great it's great wisdom for yourselves. It's huge. Who else? What do you want what do you want from your futures? Uh, I hope I do pursue nursing in the medical field. Okay. That's my current plan and I'm really excited about it okay. along or for a while for a while for a long time i was always talking about how i wanted to be like a marine biologist <clears throat> and at first it rolled off the tongue nicely and i was like convinced this is what i wanted to do because sure. i still think ocean bio life just everything about the ocean is really cool sure. but i started researching it in everything and i was like I don't know. It doesn't sound like the thing for me. But I kept saying that this is what I was going to do. This is what I was going to do. Sure. People would ask me what career you want to pursue or what you're thinking about. And I'd say marine biology. But as time went on, it started rolling off the tongue worse and worse. It mm. felt like it was getting like caught in my throat every time yeah. I'd say it. Yeah. And at some point, I realized like, no, this isn't what I want to do. And... The medical field has been, I've been surrounded by the medical field my entire life, basically. Sure. My dad is in it. He's an organ transplant, so he's working with like, he saves lives and stuff. Sure. And my mom was a social worker at an old person home, so she was like constantly in the medical area. And I'd go experience it. I go to the hospitals and stuff. I go to the old people homes. And, you know, my uncle's a nurse. He's actually an anesthesiologist. He just got his oh, nice. like, degree yeah, credentials, yeah, yeah. which is really cool. My stepmom is a labor delivery nurse. So she's been around for about five years. It's got me a new new perspective on the whole nursing genre. Sure. And I think what really set in stone my decision to be a nurse is we went, my dad, I don't know how, I asked him multiple times and I still don't, I still can't comprehend it, but he got this offer to help build um, an OR, like a, a new hospital next to an old abandoned one they're getting rid of. Mm. And he designed the whole layout. Wow. Or he he worked with like architectures and everything. Sure, sure. But like, he once it was finished and built and everything, he took us on a tour and it was so cool. Wow. Like seeing all like the operating room, OR's operating room, seeing all the tools and the stuff yeah. all the science that goes into it yeah. and like what it takes to keep a person's body alive and sure. like all that i was like this is really cool that's awesome and we were leaving and i he said it was it's not actually legal but 
a like a family set up a shrine because this horrible accident happened this kid drowned and passed away obviously but his organs helped save another kid's life and it was illegal because they set up a shrine you're not supposed to do that like a little just like a little photograph and like flowers and everything dedicating sure. it to the kid sure and i was like i want to be able to help people yeah. even if it's at the cost of something else sure sure so and then i don't think i ever answered the old or the other question uh, how to help kids going through what they're going through sure. uh be in touch with your emotions mm. and yeah i think that's it just that's good. make sure you really think through what you're thinking. Sure. That's what's going on in your head. It means you've got to spend some time and be intentional about that, too. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And not be afraid of it. Because as men, we're not taught to be teary or mm-hmm. in touch or sensitive, right? We're, that's becoming something. So we've got to be there. We've got to get there. Especially in the military aspect, they're not going to want you to be, put some dirt on it, drop and give me 50,000 more. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to have to be able to fight through that and dig through. Because it's unfortunate because that's a profession itself where it's got some of the biggest post-traumatic stress issues, right? And and without processing through your emotions and understanding what they mean and what you're feeling, it's tough. Tough to make it through. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Vocalizing how you feel definitely has been like a... It's a a really good thing to do because... That's what I've been trying to do at least these past few months because, like, sometimes I feel like I don't vocalize how I'm actually feeling and it doesn't help because I just, I'm like, I'm like angry or mad or sad about something. And not saying it is just going to make the feeling get bigger. And I'm just like, just in a bad mood for the rest of the day because I'm like not saying what I want to say. But being able to have been like, oh, I'm feeling this way or, like actually being able to be okay with getting upset at things. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes I'm like, something happens and I, I'm just like, okay, that's fine. I'll figure a way to get around it and go back to what I was trying to do. But uh, uh, a mentality I've been going by is just like, I, I can't say the first half, but it's just, we ball. <laughs> Evan knows. I think they they know what I'm talking about. But like, yeah, yeah they, they know what I'm talking about. It's just like we ball. Like, life life changes constantly, and it, it doesn't always go the way you want it to. Like, you'll have a like I said earlier, you have a set plan, and then life just kind of throws you a curveball, and you gotta like figure out what you're supposed to do from there. Oh, yeah. And that's why I'm saying you we ball. Like, you know, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just whatever whatever situation you get thrown in just learn to navigate that don't try to fight it don't try to change it back to the way it was yeah. deal with it the way it was thrown at you and then just can keep moving on like you can't you can't get mad at every single single thing but at the same time you can't like sometimes you just gotta accept it and keep moving yep yep that's good and I forgot to say yeah um, make sure you talk to somebody about what you're feeling again like what Ryan was saying I had I was lucky that my dad understood where I was coming from because sure. I think I mentioned this earlier going into COVID was rough and I think my breaking point the worst that I got was uh, our English class or my English class sorry 
um, assigned this like massive essay and it was like completely irrelevant to the work that we were doing previously and we had like three days to research it and get everything in and I was like I can't do this like <laughs> I was already struggling beforehand and not being able to like see my friends as an outlet sure. be, like isolating myself off was not a good idea yeah. and I, I couldn't really help it because obviously none of us can see each other but it didn't help and I was like I, I don't think I can do this like it yeah. set something off in my head and I started having like a panic attack mm -hmm. and I so I was like I need I talked to my dad I'm like I can't I can't do this yeah. he's like all right so I talked to the English teacher about it and uh, I ended up not having to do the essay nice and nice. I still kept up with everything else because I didn't want to I didn't want to seem like a hack or a cheat that mm. uh, decided not to do all the rest of the work sure but I was like it set something off inside that I was like there's no way just I can't mentally handle it so yeah I appreciate the fact that you guys have each other also and that you took the chance to talk with your dad I don't know if we all have relationships that have that are open to be able to have conversations like that with our parents but for those of us that do or at least you have a group of people that you feel safe with I mean you've got to have that safe space and not having the safe space can make it even more treacherous in dealing with it because you can't vent and process that so if nothing else, if you guys always continue to make sure you're available to each other to process, that is huge. It may, it may save your life. When I was at camp, we actually talked about this exact thing this last week, uh, this last week at camp. Because yeah. for for those for all my friends and stuff that we go to camp and everything, that like it's it's an easy space for us because we all understand the exact same thing that we're all going through. We all have a lot of similar interests. Maybe not the way our lives have played out, of course, but in a way we're all the same because of what affected our lives of course <coughs> so that's why it's like for, for me at least with those people it's so easy to have a conversation about almost anything because of how much we have in common and we talked about how or that one singular or piece that, that, yeah yeah but um we talked about how like everyone should be able to have a place like this like maybe not like down to the exact exact way like this is the way we have it sure but everyone should be able to have the space where they can feel free to talk about literally anything to the people who are with them in the room yeah, and judgment. not feel, yeah, no judgment, yeah. just for at least the way camp makes you feel is accepted and heard and everybody's yeah. willing to help you out. So yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I tell you what, I appreciate it. I hope you all continue to stay together, please. I think it, I think it'll work out. I don't see. I don't see any reason for it not to. Yeah, like we've had our we've had ups and downs with like of course others and stuff. But sure, I think the guys sure. we have right now is it's a pretty solid group. Yeah, I don't see it like dissipating. But I will say, recent recently, la la la, for me, uh, <laughs> you guys might know what I'm talking about. Uh, I had to cut off a person I thought was a friend. Sure, turns out it wasn't so much a friend. He was. A parasite, I guess is what you could call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even still, I knew him for like a year and a half, maybe two years. Sure. And over quarantine, we talked a lot. Sure. So figuring out his, over time, learning his true nature and how he operated and 
just me thinking about it, like this is not good. Sure. I can't have this person in my life. And I had to, after a lot of convincing from these guys, yeah. <laughs> I called him and cut it off. Sure. Because originally I was like, we're graduating soon. I could just ghost him. <laughs> like, I'm not going to see him in person anymore. Like, what's yeah. the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know Mark, Mark told me, he's like, man, you keep avoiding the situation. It's not good for you. You're starting to sound like him. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> that was a big wake-up call. And I was like, okay, okay, I got that. Yeah. So I ended up... There's a whole bunch of other stuff going on at the same time. But I ended up calling him up and breaking it off. Yeah. But I love it because you guys kept each other accountable, right? Mm-hmm. You were then, you were there, no judgment. You gave the real. You didn't, you didn't sugarcoat things. You may have said it in a way that helps you understand, but you still told the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the greatest things as friends you can do is share your truth. Because sometimes you need folks to be able to give you the pat on the back when you need the pat on the back and the safe spot. But then you also need to have, well, you know what, dude, you're wrong for this. Yeah. Kicking the pants. Kicking the pants. Because, you know, I didn't always have a lot of people that were giving the kick. A lot of folks can give you that, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. But you know what? You got to be able to know when. And you know, and continue to grow with each other enough to know, okay, this is a win. Whether it be the win is the it's everything's gonna be okay or is it the kick, you know? And they're your friends, and you'll be able to accept it from each other because you know they don't have they have your best interest at heart. I think that's why we probably stayed together so long and like as friends because we've all matured together and we know each other and what's best for each other. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. we've had bouts here and there over the years but oh, i think sure. that, like like you said where it was like in the best interest of all of us it's like we all know that either way if it's whether it's a kick or you know pat on the back it's supportive either way yeah like you yeah. said best interest of everyone oh yeah like how mark said that we've all like matured together yeah. we've also like gone through we all have a lot of life experience as well because we all went through a lot of different avenues through sure. school so we have like different things to be able to tell each other different views sure so having those different views helps a lot because that way you can all talk about like how you see a certain situation and we can all come to a decision together rather than just constantly bickering like oh mine's right no mine's right it's like well maybe this is how i see it but you know maybe we could do this with that or something like that and i love that because you don't always have that in life with you know if you don't feel like you have it at all it's a tough place to be but when you find that do everything you can to continue to grow that because as you grow your circle and sometimes you have to pay your circle down but as you grow your circle you know you always have some close friends and you have you add other people but you guys sound like you're a lifetime friendship team and as you're learning not everybody you know is going to be a lifetime friend and it may look like everybody should be because this is what the core does but you know there may be some folks who just be along for the ride for the few weeks, months, or years that they're there, then they're off. And it's okay. I struggled with that too, because I thought everybody was supposed to have been a lifetime friend. And those that weren't, that had to be kicked to the curb, I struggled with that. But I, it's something I'm still learning at 53. So, learn and go. Enjoy the ones you got and enjoy the ones that come and enjoy the ones when they're gone too. <laughs> enjoy the fact that they're not here. <laughs>